Warning, extra credits contains course spoilers. So if you never come to class and haven't read the textbook and haven't done any of the work ahead of time or during class time or after class time or looked at the project or if you're in my class and you've never done a learning journal or any of the discussion forums or any work in a breakout room or never met with us uh, in any of our sessions that we've done for office hours that can be booked in 15 minute increments, but you can always get more time from Brad as well, or any of that stuff, then there's no way you'd be listening to this anyway. And now it's time for extra credits. The date is 2013. You're working in a coffee shop. The boss is out for the next two hours. Everybody that comes in that orders a grande, half-calf, half-soy, single-shot, upside-down, extra cinnamon, hold the mocha, whatever a chino, you just, you just put it through as a regular drip coffee? What? And pocket the cash? It's a victimless crime, you think. I only get paid $8 an hour, you know, because it's 2013. And, you know, I deserve more than this. If I'm responsible enough to run this whole operation while the boss is gone, I deserve to, you know, get a few benefits out of it as well. What could the harm be? Two weeks later, the company goes out of business. That 20 bucks you pocketed was the straw that broke the camel's back. And now, well, because it's 2013 and not 2020, and you can't just collect, you know, three grand in EI every month. And now, you have to send your rescue lizard back to the SPCA because you can't afford all the mice that you were buying to feed it. Hello and welcome to Extra Credits, the first year accounting podcast that you never knew you needed or wanted, uh, or that you never knew that you would want to need or need to want so badly. To quote the incomparable Dwight Schrute, would I want you to fear the podcast or love the podcast? I'd want you to be afraid of how much you love the podcast. I'm Mike. I'm Josh. And I'm Brad. And we hope this pod's going to be an asset to you. Hey, hey, but hey. That's a Michael Scott quote, right? Uh, it's Dwight Schrute, isn't it? I thought it was Michael Scott. Was it? I thought when they asked, when they were talking to Dwight about how he would manage the branch. And they asked Maybe. him, but it could, it does seem more like a, a Michael Scott quote, but who knows? I'll look it up after and uh, uh, we'll, uh, one of us is going to be right. And I, I'm fine with either. <laughs> Until Maybe we look just... it up and we find out it was actually like Phyllis or something. Oh, Phyllis. I love Phyllis. Love Phyllis. So good. Phyllis, the grandmother, the grandmotherly type. Michael, we went to the same high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um steve Carell's i'm in the middle of a rewatch right now so oh. oh are you nice yeah i i stopped watching um sort of mid fifth season it's it's sort of peak office and then it just it kind of gets yeah. rough nobody wants andy the manager nelly's funny but i just don't know and then the whole like my problem is the longer i watch it the more i dislike pam for basically destroying Jim's dreams, right? <laughs> like, it's cool if you, you string him along for three years. Um, it's one thing, but to just completely ruin his dreams 
And now he's back in the paper company. And, and this is it. These are the kind of things that, that build long-term fissures and relationships. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. So <laughs> anyhow, I need to do a lost rewatch. There's so many things I need to watch again. So That's funny you say that. Cause I was, I, I did that over the last summer break. Like I got, mm. uh, I didn't get all the way through. I got to like halfway through the fifth season of, of Lost, but okay. um, seasons one, two, three of Lost are like absolute peak television. Just gold. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Lost really kicked off the era of TV that we're in now. I, I think at least because before Lost TV was just, well, Lost was the first show to ever do a cold open in that way where you, they just opened. Right. Um, and, and yeah, it was so good. And people got to the point where like, why would I go see a movie when every week I've got this movie level experience? It, it does get weird and, and I'm okay with weird, but it gets kind of weird in a weird way after season three. So yeah. you kind of, kind of, kind of lose me. Although I did love, um, was it Juliet and Sawyer? Julianne? Julia. Sawyer, there, there, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Their, their yeah. combo was just absolutely loved their combo. Um, so, so this is a show that I should actually watch. I've never seen Lost. Um, it's worth going back and watching. It's on Amazon Prime, so you can watch it for free. Although yeah. Downton Abbey is also on Amazon Prime, and so I mean, there's a lot of a lot of quality stuff on there. Gotta be, uh, and so's Parks and Rec for that matter. Yeah, and that have but you watch seen out that, for Brad? that. No, I haven't seen that one yet either. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I think we're gonna lose these NBC shows uh, in the coming months, though, because oh, NBC is doing their own service. So yeah, the Peacock, right? The Office, yeah, The Office, Parks and Rec. You gotta watch those before they go away. Mm. Yeah, so definitely Parks and Rec. I think Community's on Prime as well, isn't it? Uh, I, think it is, yeah. I don't know. Era yeah. of great television, but yeah, no, Parks oh, yeah. and Rec is great. Andy Dwyer is one of my all-time favorite characters on TV ever. I I, I love him. At one, so he, he before he was Star Lord, he was Andy Dwyer. This is Chris Pratt, 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 and um, he. It was great because between two seasons, he went to be Star Lord, and he had to get buffed up for the character, right? And so, in I think in season three, he's this like schlubby dude, and then season yeah. four starts, and he's just ripped, and he's yeah. talking to uh, to Adam Scott's character Ben, and he's like, "You lost fifty pounds?" He's like, "Yeah, I just stopped drinking beer." How much beer did you drink? It's just a great interaction between the two of them. Yeah. Also, at some point, we should play Cones of Dunshire. Totally. Uh, Brad, you would get that reference if you'd seen Parks. <laughs> I'm lost yeah, in all this. You, you definitely. So, so Mike, I would then say, we've got to we got to fight over who's going to be the Ledgerman, though. Oh my goodness! Yes. <laughs> See, what you forgot was it's not about that. It's about the cones. <laughs> you know, when he when he's when he's playing them to try and get wi-fi for the whole city for free oh man yes so brad you need to watch parks and rec anyhow that's <laughs> not what this podcast is about because it kind of is it's uh not. we are actually going to be talking about a bunch of things today we're going to talk about cash uh and we're going to talk about accounts receivable so all these things that either are cash or when they grow up they want to become cash like accounts receivable <laughs> when they uh when they age up which is actually something we say when they're aged. Actually, we don't like, uh, unlike wine, we don't like our AR aged. We prefer it um, as quick as possible after the terms. Is that fair to say? Like if, if we've got 210 net 30, we want everyone to pay on the 11th day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So when AR becomes cash, is that like the equivalent of a glow up? Like, oh, can you explain right. to us 
um, Gen, almost Gen Xers, what a glow up is, Yosh? Is that when you eat something or send it? <laughs> is that Josh is dabbing I, right now? I've actually. Are you, you going to not... get up and do the floss, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> For those who can't see, Mike is currently flossing. <laughs> you, can, you can hear my button-down shirt being uncomfortable with it. Two things. First of all, when uh, when some friends and I and my wife would get together and have some drinks, uh, uh, every time we did this, my one friend would try to teach me how to floss again because I could okay. never quite get it. And Katie, my wife, would lose her mind. Was he like, a dentist? Every time, would get so mad uh, at the... The flossing and, and so anyways so i can't do it but uh and if i try to do it i pretty much get smacked down by my wife immediately are we are we so when you say glow up you're talking about long bottoming right <laughs> yeah pretty much so is that, okay um, so it, I, i've I, never actually you like guys know what long bottoming is yes yeah because neville is like right now i got lost at yeet okay so you know <laughs> neville Longbottom, right from the harry potter movies yes so he he got swole i think is that what they say when when you get <laughs> Like we used to say jacked or buff, but I think they say swole now. Like you, I think swole is probably a little bit outdated. Even is, oh, what would yeah. what, what like I don't know what what people would say now. Then he 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 know. he went from being kind of schlubby to being very attractive, and that's long. Bottom. Yeah, is that he's yeah. he is a man rocket or like a smoke show? I would say smoke um, show. Oh, okay, yeah. uh, smoke show. I understand man rocket. I've never. Are there lady rockets as well? They're just rockets. Oh, man! Rockets are like hot guys. So, an, an attractive female of the species, you would just say that's a rocket. R- rocket. Yeah. Mike, Mike, it's no coincidence that we have never heard this term before. <laughs> no coincidence at all. Yeah. yeah. So See, a glow up, a glow up, which I've never actually like read the, de- I've never looked it up on urban dictionary or anything like that. You just, yeah. you hear the term and you kind of just get it. It's basically like, you know, someone went from being maybe an ugly duckling, not the best looking kid, or, you know, wasn't really that smart in school, but then they have a glow up. So they grow mm. up, but they also get a lot better looking or smarter or just better oh, at certain okay. things. They glow up. So from, Urban Dictionary, we've got a glow up is a mental, physical, and an emotional transformation for the better. Glow ups can be both natural or planned, as well as being gradual and permanent or fast and temporary. Oh, thank you. Oh, um, and we've got a word of the day for today is apocalypsing, treating every relationship like it's your last and getting super serious with someone you just started dating. <laughs> Um, so here, there's an example. Person one, I don't know what like 90% of the words in this sentence mean. Are you ready? Uh, who TF is that new chick W Alex? Person two, IDK, he's apocalypsing yeet. (laughs) Anyhow. Whoever writes the urban dictionary sentences is just like trying trying to throw as much in there as they can okay so ar gets a glow up and becomes cash are we back, yeah. are we back to can you can you tell dear listener that we have completely lost our minds at this point in the uh, semester this is great oh man uh josh is looking more and more like doc 
from the fa- uh, Back to the Future movies. As he grays up. Um, <laughs> or gets wild. And, yeah. You know what? Let's set him up for something. Hey, Brad, do you remember who the president was in the United States in the 80s? <laughs> I can think of a couple. <laughs> You're supposed to say Ronald Reagan. Okay, Ronald Reagan. Ronald, Ronald Josh Reagan. Goes, Who's that? No, you're supposed to go, the actor? God. <laughs> you gotta watch your 80s movies. It was an actor. For, what movie is that? Why am I it's, missing on this? It's from Back to the Future. Was it? Yeah. When he goes back to the 50s and he meets Doc, right? Because Reagan was an actor in the 50s. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I got caught between, should I play the young guy or do I play the Back to the Future guy? And I chose oh. the young guy. That's cool. You know what? I actually used a Back to the Future reference today because our chair of the department, Carrie, who is an awesome human being and a super hard worker and is currently texting me. That's if you hear ding-dongs coming through. Um, I was in a meeting with her this morning, or we were both in a meeting, and she put on an orange poofy vest, and I said, sweet vest, McFly, and she got it. So <laughs> that's, a, that's another Back to the Future, original Back to the Future reference. Um, so just like Huey Lewis, we are running out of time. Let's get back in time to our (laughs) topic at hand, because that's the power of love. We've got AR coming up. Let's talk. We we talked about cash a little bit in the intro there. You know what? It's important to marshal your cash because if you run out of cash, it doesn't matter how good your business is doing. You are going broke. Fair to say. So segregation of duties, don't give people the opportunity, the means or the motive to steal cash from you uh, if you have a business. And unfortunately, what this has become is lots of cameras pointing at cash registers in businesses. And if you've ever worked at a business like that, that's got to be rough, right? Like feeling like you're constantly being surveilled. I know that's how it feels now all of the time as we sit in front of cameras (laughs) for class, but, you know, it's got to be rough. I was doing uh, some research for my <clears throat> fraud class in the coming semester and uh, found an article on CBC today uh, about minor sports associations and how they are particularly subject to fraud because usually it's just one person who's often a parent of a kid who's playing that sport who has control of all the money and there's not really any review or checks and balances. It's just oh, that yeah. one unfettered access um uh, so that's that's underground soccer right uh minor sports so speaking about uh uh, sports uh treasurers i was talking to marianne about that because uh marianne uh, she uh has been the treasurer for the lake country youth soccer association forever so if you get yourself a high quality high ethics person like marianne you'll be solid but that is that is a good point right It, it can happen um, and uh, people can take advantage of that. And, and you're probably thinking, what kind of a person would steal money from their kid's soccer team? Um, and th- there are a lot of reasons that fraud happens. It, it's not just people being horrible. Um, lots of different reasons. But sometimes it is too. I mean, or it can be both. Why can't it? It can be both, right? So yeah, yeah. So, yeah you got to be careful around that. Let, let's talk about bank wrecks real quick, uh, bank reconciliations. Um, and, and why do they exist? Like, why would we want to check our books against the bank? So I think like when we're looking at the, the bank statement as the amount of money that we have in the bank account, and it's not going to be the same as the cash that we have on our trial balance. 
And, and the whole idea is identifying why are we not different or sorry, why are we not the same? Yeah. Um, and how much money do we actually have available to use? Because really it's neither of the answers. It's not the amount in your bank account and it's not the amount in your trial balance either. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you've written a whole bunch of checks that haven't cashed yet, you know, you, you can't look at your trial balance and say, Hey, I've got all that money available. Um, you have to know that those checks have been written and they just haven't cleared yet. And so that's one really important one to, to catch. Yeah. So you don't want to spend that money. And then I think that might've been Josh's example for adjusting entries, right? Like you go and spend a whole bunch of money and then, uh Oh, all those checks clear. And now you're bouncing checks. Yep. Excellent. Um, one, uh, another one of our esteemed colleagues, Samantha Krulitsky, told me uh, when she made a video for our 263 class about bank recs, mm. she talked about timing, omissions, and errors. Yeah. Timing is stuff that we know about, but the bank doesn't. And as a matter of time, they will see those outstanding checks and deposits in transit clear. Outstanding. Omissions are things that the bank knows about, but we don't. Right. So kind of the flip, we've got to adjust our records for that. And then errors can go both ways. But usually it's our fault. We make the mistake. You, for 111, we only look at errors from the book side, but there there are bank errors. Um, they happen. Yep. Yeah, they do for sure. So well, that's that's great. Yeah. And and we'll be, uh, we either have or, or we'll be taking you through these on a, on a ticking basis and then looking at the journal entries you make to uh, reconcile our bank or our books to the to the bank. Obviously, we can't make journal entries in the bank system, so we're not reconciling the bank system, right? Uh, we can only make changes in our own system so that it uh, it reconciles to the uh, to the bank balance, and so that'll be that'll be fun for us. Uh, and uh, next up, it's glow up time for AR. That uh, that's going to make its way to hopefully become cash. So let, let's talk about this. So how about? Um, why do we, why do we have accounts receivable at all? Why don't we just make our clients pay us in, in cash mm. or with a check or something, right? Interesting question, because in one of my other courses, Buad 195 financial management, yep. this is exactly what we're talking about this week. Uh-huh. How do you decide on AR policy and why do you allow people to pay or, or to pay later and give them credit. So, you know, mm-hmm. it can actually be something favorable that will trigger a sale if you provide credit terms of some sort. Right. And if your credit terms are, you know, if you're a lot more stringent and you require payment in, let's say five days versus yep. another business who allows payment in 30 days, all else being equal, customers are going to pick the one that lets them pay later. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a way to attract a, attract business, attract a sale for sure. Okay, Brad, you were going to say? Yeah, I was going to say, I think a lot of it too comes down from like making the purchase convenient for our customers so that they they are happy to come back. And one of the examples we talked about in class was like something like, like Lordco or Napa Auto Parts, where <clears throat> if you go to an oil change company and you say, hey, I, I need a new air filter, they, they will sell you an air filter, but they don't have them in stock. So they'll call up Lordco and say, I need an air filter for a, you know, a 2008 Subaru. And someone will hop in a car and whip it over to you so that they can install it in your car right then and there. Mm. Like, like immediately so that they don't have to have it in stock, but they can get it so quickly that yep. they can actually still sell it to you. And so the oil change company is not paying for that stock every single time they call. Yeah, they're not writing it's a going, check when that shows it, up, right? Exactly. It goes on account. 
and at the end of the week or at the end of the month or whatever their terms are, um, they're they're paying that off, and and so that credit is making it super convenient for them to be able to buy and buy um, as frequently and as and as often as they need to. Which we want uh, our customers to do, right? Buy often, buy early, buy a lot. And yeah. so we're making it, we're able to attract them with good terms, and then we're able to get them to buy more frequently by putting it on account in the same way that if we had to walk around with wads of cash, like, can you imagine going to Costco and having that $712 bill actually having to, to count out, you know, all the money in cash, it would feel a lot different than just swiping the plastic, right? So there's some psychology in there as well. And we're a lot, it's a lot easier to buy things when you get to pay for them later. So what happens now sometimes, and this is going to be a surprise to you, dear listener, sometimes people don't pay. And so what happens when they don't pay? We get frustrated. Yep. <laughs> uh, in, in 195, we, we talk about Big Jim, or big if Jim, you're in yeah. Scandinavia, uh, Big Yim, or if you're in South America, Big Him, because uh, J's are pronounced differently all around the world, children. Anyhow, uh, we talk about Big Jim, and there's this sort of this implied um, uh, Big Jim's going to go and lean on them, and like that, that yeah. old like mafia style, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, but no, I mean, you can... You can get upset. You can call. You can yell and scream. I did AR collections for a trucking company when I was 17, um, oh and I had yep, I had blue hair, and it was in Langley. And you can imagine, oh, I got chased off so many yards uh, with baseball bats and dogs, and while well, I was trying to do collections for this company, so lots of fun stories around AR collections. There, that was uh, one of the worst jobs I've ever had. Um, you wouldn't believe the names people would call you, but. So it's a whole different thing. It's like, why are you calling me a name? You're the one who didn't pay your bills. So when people don't pay, um, we need to account for it somehow. Yeah. Yeah. And we can't, yeah, just, we've got- can't just call it. No, you didn't pay expense. Right. Or just, or just, well, I guess what we could do is we could just throw it back against sales and be like, Oh, we didn't actually make that sale. Let's just take it out of there. But how would you then account for that and, and figure out how many times that happened over the year. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a, you know, key performance indicator for certain businesses to look at their bad debts as a percentage of sales. Mm. So just dividing bad debt expense by your net sales and find out what that percentage is and look how that changes year over year. Um, that can kind of tell you whether you're, you know, maybe your credit policies need to be tightened up a bit if it's getting worse. Yeah. Or or the flip side, maybe loosened up, depending, right? Yeah. So if you got net 10 credit policies, people just aren't able to pay in that time. Um, and you know, you're, you're using that to tighten up and, and uh, allows for doubtful accounts and bad debts and writing things off really quick. So it's, it's definitely a policy decision for sure. Yeah. And so, so we're not doing direct write off because that doesn't satisfy gap. Uh, so you can't just write them off directly. You actually need to use some sort of allowance method and the way that we're teaching our classes is using the uh, income statement method, right? Right. So we're going to say, you know, on average, every year, 1% of our sales, we never end up collecting. So we need to toss that into an allowance account, which is the second contra account we get to talk about, right? We've got accumulated depreciation and then uh, allowance. Isn't allowance a contra account? Yeah, but what about sales returns and allowances or sales discounts? Sales discounts too. Oh, of course. Yes. Contra revenue. Yeah, so I was thinking contra on the balance sheet, but yes, we had we did two contra on the um, on the income statement as well. Uh, wow, yeah. how yes. how soon we forget the income statement? Way back in chapter five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a chapter ago. 
Um, there you go. Okay, so we've got this uh, this contour count, and it needs to drop down our carrying value of AR because we know that we're not actually going to carry all that or collect all that, and so we'd be overstating AR otherwise. Is that yeah. Yeah. fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, and it's and we can we can look back through the history of our company and say you know over time we notice that approximately one percent or two percent or five percent or whatever it is of the the AR that we created the sales that we have will never actually get collected, and yeah. so knowing that that's going to happen we recognize that expense um, in in the period when the sale happened even though that we may not know that that debt's not going to be collected until you know several months down the road. And that's, that's the matching principle, right? To make sure exactly. that we match the expenses to the period in which they were incurred. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Um, one thing I like to clarify when we, when we talk about like, you know, writing off an account where we say, okay, it doesn't look like we're going to collect this. We're going to close off the account receivable and net it against the allowance that we set up. Yep. Um, you know, that, that doesn't mean we're foregoing our legal right to, try and get that money from that customer, right? Like no. we're, we're essentially saying, we don't think we're gonna get it, so we're gonna take it off the books, but we could still go after them for it. Yep, or or pay someone to, right? Um, bring in a collection agency or something. Uh, when like I was Jim. doing AR, we would um, uh, take stuff in, in like as a, as a contra, so uh, maybe a truck or something like that. If they didn't have the cash, they may assign assets over. Um, after we've gone into collections at a at a, a smaller portion of the value, uh, and another thing that actually happened was they would say, "Look, I can't pay you within the 30 days." Now the irony is most of them were at 90 or 180 by the time we got to this point anyway, but we I can't pay you within a month, but um, I can amortize it over the next year and make monthly payments, and that's when instead of glowing up into cash, AR just kind of transitions into a note receivable, right? Just just changes from being due within 30 days to us saying, okay, well, though you were supposed to pay us, at least now we've got a little bit more um, when it comes to legal provisions. If it's an actual formalized note uh, receivable that has its interest bearing and we've got a, a bit more recourse, I think, um, thereafter, yeah? Yeah, I was trying to think of what's the opposite of a glow up, but uh, I don't I don't know what the antonym is for that right now. Is there a glow down? I guess, but it's still it's still it's getting older, so it should be up, but it's not glow. It's like slow. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, it's good. You know what? Let us know, students. <laughs> Whenever I ask for that, I never hear anything back. Do you guys ever hear anything back on that? No. Okay. Good. Nothing. Yeah. Good. Sometimes we um, we just need to come to the realization that we're doing this for us and that no one would have actually lasted to this point in the podcast and I'm okay with that. I, I think too, even if they know the answer, they, they, they may not want to. I actually asked in class one time what yeet was because I was so curious because my kids started saying it and I couldn't find sort of a suitable explanation of what it was. And yep. when I asked what it was, I just got laughed at. No one actually explained it to me. They just laughed at me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, opposite of a glow up is dim down. Dim down. Oh. Or or a glow down. But a, I, I agree with you, Josh. It wouldn't be a glow down because they're still growing up. So maybe it's a dim up. I did. I, I kind of like dim down anyway. Yeah. Even though it has down in it. Yeah. And and Brad, you know, they probably can't explain yeet themselves. I think if you have to ask, you just don't get it. 
I think that's the answer that I inferred from them yeah. is that because I had to ask, I don't get it. And I, I, I don't have a right to get it. And I should. <laughs> my, uh, my 10 year old, he just yells roast. And I'm like, don't you mean burn? He's like, no one says burn anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, but you didn't roast me. You just, you said one funny thing. A roast is like, uh, anyhow. So yeah. So I'm like, great. Good, good to, uh, good to know. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. Let us know if we're getting this wrong. Or or maybe you just like like Josh said, you just know. You either know or you don't, right? Yeah. That's it. Uh cool. So so now we get this note receivable, you're saying, uh, uh Brad. Mike, yeah, I was going to say, I'll pull it back to the note receivable. One of the things you said in there is it's more formal. And I think that that's kind of the way of, that, I, that I try to describe it is you take what your accounts receivable that is, you know, sometimes is set up in a fairly informal way. It's just yep. when you have a sale and you have these credit terms um, and you're taking it to a point where you say, okay, I am going to get paid, but it's not going to happen right away. And now we're going to set up like an actual payment plan or payment schedule with interest um, and an actual legal document that says, I owe you this much and I will pay you on this day. And we're just formalizing the terms of that money being borrowed um, as opposed to it just being sort of like a general credit that's that's allowable to anybody. Yeah, which which is good, right? Then you got different recourse and and then hopefully they do pay you over these more favorable terms. And at that point you need to decide and it's a little outside the scope of this course. And, and I think even outside the scope of 195, but then you need to decide, hey, for this customer, are we gonna to continue to offer them terms? Uh, are we going to relegate them to cash for a while until we know we can trust them again? Um, and and I, I, you know, a question I get from students is, well, why would you keep doing business with someone that you're not sure that you can trust? Um, and the answer to that is the construction industry would not exist if no one did business with anyone who didn't get paid on time, right? Yeah. At least, at least in my experience, um, doing some some financial work, and this is yeah. you know, probably 15 years ago, but still, that was constantly the case. Constantly having to chase down people uh, to get paid, and you know, generals got to get paid so they can pay their subs. All this kind of stuff. It just it takes time to get paid. Totally. I, I shared an example of a client that I used to work with that would routinely pay as late as possible, regardless of what the terms were. And that's the way they ran their entire business. Just mm -hmm. every, every one of their suppliers, they would figure out where the breaking point was and they would pay right before that breaking point. Um, and they, they did that with everybody. And, and we knew it. And we did business with them anyway, because you knew eventually they were going to pay. They never, they never didn't pay. They always just waited as long as possible. Right. Um, and then it just became a matter of, okay, when are we going to push them and say, no now, it's, it's time. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. That's no, Mike. That's fun. Sorry. Josh. I was just going just to say with the construction industry, like you, you just have to recognize like there, there's challenges those businesses go through, right? Like there's the, you know, if you think about who's actually paying them for the construction work, like if it's residential, you know, you've got to worry about selling units and taking deposits like that, that can be tough to get that cash flow going. So, yeah. you know, and a lot of times the, the banks or whoever's funding the project won't be super willing to give you additional chunks of money until you've got some sales. So, yeah, we, we know, talk from, about and that just waterfalls, you know, like, yeah, we got, yeah. Yeah, we got, we got $5 million in financing. That doesn't mean the bank transfers five million bucks to your account. They yeah. they they dole it out like they've got a five year old that's high on candy and they're putting money <laughs> into their allowance, right? No, you get a quarter a day. That's what you, no no. I don't care if your allowance is five bucks. You get a quarter a day. Yeah, <laughs> you little junkie, get out of here. 
<laughs> I need more candy. Yeah. yeah. And some of my, uh, I had some B lenders as clients when I was practicing, like they were oh, B um, lenders. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, if you don't have good credit and you can't get a loan from like a proper big bank, like you can go to these guys and they'll, they'll charge you more interest, but they'll be yeah. a little more willing to, to lend out to risky borrowers. And even they, towards the end of my time working with them, even they were like, you know, we're not doing construction advances anymore. It's mm. just, they, they, lo- they were losing risky. money. Yeah. yeah. And they, now they, they now mostly work with apiarists, right? <laughs> All the B lenders. <laughs> oh, they, oh my goodness. They both just put their, oh, they both just put their heads in their hands at the same Face time. <laughs> so children, that's funny. In the same way like, that I don't know what yeet is, you might not know what an apiarist is. An apiarist I was like, I know, I know what, yeah. And I was like, I know what an apiary is, but how does that have to do with lending? And then I was like, oh, B lender. B lending. There we go. <laughs> Um, I don't get all my horrible puns out in class and trust me, there are a plenty. (laughs) Oh dear me. So yeah. And that ends up happening and now you've got this note payable and you need to figure out, um, how to account for that. And so it's this entirely new thing that we need to account. I mean, not entirely new, but, but definitely from an adjusting standpoint, we need to adjust for, you know, if they're going to pay us all the interest at the end, well, we need to adjust for that accrued interest that we haven't yet been paid and that becomes interest payable um, because the note payable is just the principal portion. We don't lump the interest into note payable because that's a whole different uh, section. And of course we wanna have different interest payable accounts for each note payable. And so it, it gets more complicated for sure. Excellent. Uh, any other thoughts on AR notes payable? We've been pretty efficient yeah. today. Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm trying to think to like some of the common mistakes. And I think really, it's just that 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 switch over from when you have an, an AR in it, or sorry, when you have a, yeah, an account receivable, and it becomes yep. a note receivable, um, recognize that it's not anything more complicated than we're switching one receivable for another. Yep. Um, and, and that's all it is, is we're taking an account receivable, and we're calling it now a note receivable we're just changing the the terms of repayment um so don't try to make it more complicated than it needs to be it's uh it it, it is just what it is yeah that's a good point and sometimes we'll see you know the customer comes in and says i've got a a twenty thousand dollar ar i can pay five grand now and do a fifteen thousand dollar note receivable it's just don't again don't overcomplicate that you're receiving some cash and you're receiving a note in exchange for that account receivable that's all it is so just because there's an additional entry in that compound journal entry or additional account, uh, I, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Just just think of it as a, any transaction and work your way through the process for sure. Excellent. Final thoughts, Josh? Nothing else. That's it. Just keep up the good work. We are so close to the finish line. This is, uh, we're, we're getting there. So Josh, you've got tomorrow, you've got uh, AR and notes receivable. And then next week it's, uh, payroll, right? Payroll. Yeah. And then the and then week after that review. review. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. We're it's almost exciting. there. Yeah. Finish Payroll. line. Uh, well, I uh, hope you all enjoyed listening. And, and if you made it to the end, you get a gold star from all of us. I uh, hope you enjoyed listening. We had a great time making it. You guys still having fun with this? Oh, this is that, the highlight that was of like, the week That was the longest pause. I was trying to decide if you were asking the listener, if you were asking yeah. us. Same. Josh and Brad, are you still having fun with this? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Excellent. Good, good, good to hear. Uh, we're still trying to figure out what we're going to do um, uh, next semester. So uh, maybe we do a like a, a guest show where we bring in uh, guest presenters. Love to to have uh, you know like maybe Bill on as a guest star or something like that. Talk about stuff that's completely not school related. I, th I think be, I guess we could do this where we like we we film an episode or record an episode and it's like it's about one of your classes but all of us are on there talking about it just oh, saying stuff that we have no idea of what we're talking about yeah rotate through yeah <laughs> and and we we each pick the class that uh each of us knows the least about outside of the person yeah. teaching it <laughs> so brad's going to teach corporate tax and he's going to have us on to talk about corporate tax and we're gonna just run our mouths here's yep. my question about corporate tax brad why the corporate tax rates in in bc are not 40 percent why in every example we do in the non-tax classes are corporate <laughs> tax rates 40 percent like what are we doing there our, our C, we use proper cca tables and yet tax is like and their tax rates 40 percent. i'm like how <laughs> like they why got, are they, they got thirty thousand dollars in revenue how is their tax rate 40 percent should I, be 10. i wonder if I wonder if that's a throwback to like U.S. corporate rates because Maybe. like U.S. Yeah. corporate rates are really high or were really high. People um, think of the U.S. is like this this tax haven and low tax because they've yeah. got no services for people, so the people assume that they have low taxes. But they've yeah. got this weird paradigm, this weird um, system of really high taxes, but also no services <laughs> because all of their money goes towards bullets. Yeah, yeah basically, yeah. So <laughs> that's a lot of spending. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the service they provide is a world police service. Right, it, Team America World Police. That's another yeah. movie for you there, Josh. I've seen it. I've well, seen have it. you? Excellent. <laughs> uh, so many great references that we can't do on this clean podcast we have. Uh, good stuff. All right, well, we're going to end it there so that we don't go too much over time. Thank you so much for listening and uh, have yourselves a great almost done week. Take care. Bye now. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys.